With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air everywhere and a happy foot Ball Sunday. It is week 11 of the NFL. What actually started the other day on Thursday with Joe Burrow's wrist getting all clunky and all that with that Ravens and Bengals game. But we got a full slate of football action. The fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G. We're here every single weekend. You hear me late at night recording my podcast in the middle of the night. The Ben Maller Show on radio. And then Danny G's on during the day with Covino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. And we join forces. And we go together like mac and cheese on the weekends and all that. And you you might be eating mac and cheese this week with your Thanksgiving meal. Who knows? But today on this Sunday podcast, you were correct, Danny. I was so flustered by you bringing up Animal Thunderdome possibly coming back that I failed the listener (laughs) I did not get uh, to the phrase of the week. I did not get to the phrase of the week. That's a bad job by me. Bad job by me, Danny G. I knew it. I called it as sure as I was of that and Koa not being afraid of the water. He was like a little fish yesterday afternoon, Ben. A little fishy. That's good. So we have phrase of the week, scientifical. We're going to get scientifical and mailbag. Mailbag as well. So here we go. Phrase of the week. Are you ready for the phrase of the week? Phrase of the week. Here is the phrase, which is not to be confused. Phrase of the week, not to be confused with the idiom of the week, which we did back on Friday. But the phrase of the week, hit the panic button. Now, I use this phrase all the time, Danny. I use this probably once every other day for an athlete choking yeah, or for a team or a coach. Oh, they hit the panic oh. button. 
I heard you use this when you were talking about James Harden recently. Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I used it with Harden. So it, it's obviously uh, reacting poorly to a situation. You hit the panic button, being caught off guard, uh, doing something without really thinking it through, making bad decisions in a, a situation. Uh, that's hit the panic button. I think most of us know what that means. But the origin, I was fascinated by the origin of this word. So that's why or this phrase rather. So that's why it is the phrase of the week. So the the origin of the fr- of the phrase hit the panic button uh, goes back to World War II. So it's not that old a phrase. This ain't going back to ancient times. Like we, we had the idiom of the week that went back to ancient Greece. This only goes back to World War II, and it is a reference to the B-17 and the B-24 bombers. Now, the B-17, much more famous than the B-24. Am I correct on that? I'm not a military yeah. guy, but it seems like the B-17. The B-24, you don't hear a lot about. Anyway. Um, wonder anyway, why. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure there is someone listening that's, that's you know, really up on their military history probably could tell us. The, the way this phrase originated, hit the panic button, World War II, B-17, B-24 bombers. They had bell systems, actual bells that would ring in the cockpit in the event of a ca- catastrophe about to happen, right? I mean, meaning like you know, there's damage or whatever, and we assigned they ring bells to signal to the crew to jump ship. So they would literally be like bells ringing, and and you know, it, it, people are like, well, what does that have to do with the actual panic button? Because uh, you know, it's bells, it's not that. Well, if you go to 1955, after World War II, 1955. There was a guy that came up with a glossary of Air Force slang from pilots at Bergstrom Air Force Base in Austin, Texas. And this is for the academic journal American Speech. It is still in print to this day. Under the headline, hit the panic button in this book, the guy wrote, there is a switch called the panic button in the cockpit of a jet craft which jettisons objects, including extra fuel tanks, in order to lighten the plane. Conditions under which this switch is used are usually quite desperate. And continuing to read, it says, in case of power failure, for example, when all the prescribed remedial processes fail, the pilot might, in desperation, push everything that's out and pull everything that's in in the hopes that he might actually do something helpful. Thus, the phrase panic button was born. So since that was published in 1955, uh, that has been a phrase that we uh, we use. And and by the way, uh, from, from what we're told, it has now been standard. It's standard. There's actually a panic button in military aircraft, the United States military aircraft. Now, I've never been in... Well, I should say never. When I was a kid. I used to go to the open house of the Marine base and go through all the planes and all that and the helicopters. But uh, as far as I know, uh, you know, as an adult, I've not been in military aircraft. So uh, they do have a standard piece of equipment that is known as the uh, the panic button. So that's very cool. That is pretty neat. And it doesn't go back. So nobody before that. Well, maybe they said panic button, but it didn't didn't really resonate. So phrase of the week again: panic. Button hit the panic button. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Hit the panic button. 
Uh, next up, we have moving on as we flip the script here and we will get scientifical. We're going to get scientifical. Why? Why not? What the heck? Uh, and we'll, we'll get to Ohio the- Al. That's right. Come on, Ohio Al. All right, thank you. Now, I'm going to help you out. Dandy, do you have an iPhone? You have an iPhone, right? Of course. I'm not some Android sucker. Yeah. So there's a hack that some dope came up with on TikTok. This guy claims unlimited cell phone battery life, which is, you know, that's a lie. But you can improve your cell phone battery life. And I actually did this, and uh, I gotta tell you, pretty pretty simple. I'm I'm not that bright when it comes to technology and all that. Pretty simple, and I I believe it worked. Although I, I haven't had it on long enough to know for sure if it works. But the way this works is you se- you selectively dim your screen, but you don't do it the regular way. Yeah. Uh, you have to go to the iPhone settings. You then go to iPhone settings. You click on accessibility. You then go to the display and text size, and, okay, uh, and you switch on the reduce white point option. So that's the see. There's a little switch. Uh, it, it says reduce transparency. No, it's uh, it says reduce white point. Uh, let me let me go to it right now. I'll show you exactly okay. where it is because I did this earlier. So you click. On oh, it. I see it. Reduce white point. Yeah, Second to the bottom. Yeah. So you click on that. And then you can adjust it if you want better battery life. You would make it dimmer. Now, the only problem is if you go outside or something like that and you're in the sunlight, it might become a problem. But uh, even if you reduce it a little bit, it'll it'll help out. Got it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did that the uh, the other day right there. And uh, there's a little hack. We'll see how good it, it goes. Uh, so if you're concerned about battery life, and there's that little slider, Danny. You see her there? You can go all the yeah. way down and see how dim you want your phone to be, and it would re- reduce the whites on your screen. And so far, so good. So cool. first story from Let's Get Scientific. Uh, here, let me ask you this. How much, how much weight do you believe the average American is going to gain over the next month the, with Thanksgiving and Christmas? I would guess eight pounds. Did you see this story, Danny? It's no, exactly, I swear exactly, I did. It's exactly eight pounds. Wow. No, I swear I did not see this. Yeah. Now, are you still going to stick to your diet? Or what's your what's your plan here? What's your I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, people have left sweets already on the counter at FSR, and I did not partake. That's good. That's good discipline. You got to have it. You got to have it. You know, it takes like 30, 60 days. I think it's 60 days. And then once that's a new habit, once you do like 60 days, you're good to go after that. But three quarters of Americans are planning to enjoy a festivus of uh, epic proportions. Uh, According to a new survey, 72% of Americans uh, want to make the most of the end of 2023 and uh, most people, the diet, uh, screw the diet. They're writing off the end of the year and they do estimate in the holiday season, you're going to get eight pounds. I expect to get eight pounds. Every- Not you, Danny, because you're on your diet. 
but eight pounds heavier. In 2022, it was five and a half pounds. So we're getting we're getting even deeper into the food here in in 2023. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my fasting and all that. I'm not you know if you're wondering what I'm doing. I mean I'll eat decently. We don't make turkey on Thanksgiving, so at least I don't think we're making turkey. And I got to do the TV show and all that anyway, so I, I got a busy week. So I'll uh, I'll figure it. Out. I mean I'm eat a, I'm gonna eat well, but probably not go crazy. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, very thankful. People in the United States, the average American, how many times a year, Danny, does the average American say thank you according to a new scientific study? In per a, in, year. In a, per year. How many times do you say thank you? Wow. You go um, your groceries, somebody leaves the door open for you. Yeah. Oh, man, it would, I would guess a couple thousand times in a year. You're almost exactly right. Again, 2,200 times per year on average. Damn, I'm hot right now. Take me to Vegas instead of Palm Springs. Fireman. You you want to keep going here? You want to keep going? <laughs> I don't know if I have any more questions like this, but uh, yeah, they, they estimate the uh, the study said 2,200 times a year. Now, there are some people that are less. There are some people that are more. There's some people that say thank you for everything. There's other people that say thank you for nothing. So it, it, it obviously depends. Well, here's good news, Danny. Uh, life expectancy is dropping. American men dying six years earlier than women. So we're going to drop dead sooner than our wives, Danny. That's exciting. This Danny. is not good news. No, not good. Hey, speaking of that, did you guys on Covino and Rich, did, did you talk about the Dana White story this week? That's a wild story where he lost a bunch. He went on a fast, like a water fast. Did you see Did you see that? Yeah, one? he got all ripped up. Yeah, he went on an 80-something hour fast because he went to some doctor that said he was going to die in 10 years. So that jump-started his mission, his mission for health. That was That was pretty wild. I'm right there, man. I got to make uh, Koa's high school graduation. Uh, you got to go well on. You got to beat the wedding, the whole thing, uh, and all that. And uh, you don't have to pay for it, right? Is, it, is that custom still in effect where the the bride's family has to pay for the wedding? Is that how that works? I don't know. That doesn't sound very 2023 of you. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I thought that was the way it was. I don't know. Well, just have him get have him elope when he gets older, and then you're, you save the money. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's see. We're doing science. Got to get a scholarship too. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. Are you thinking more football? Maybe Raiders? You thinking he's going to be a big guy like offensive line? Are we thinking uh, he's going to be a big guy? I'm thinking tight end or yeah. linebacker. Oh, that'd be good. How about a pass rushing defensive end? Yeah, that'll work. Uh, he's going to be like the next Robert Spillane. <laughs> Jackpot, baby. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right. Uh, what do we have here? Oh, how about this? Uh, years ago, according to research, uh, scientists are saying that the days were back in the early days of Earth's history. At one point, the days were 19 hours long. That's it. 19 hours instead of the 24. Huh. So instead of the, yeah, 19. You think, does that mean the days will keep getting like someday it'll be 26 hours in a day or 27 hours in a day? Or is it are, my entire life? It's been 24, right? We've all been 24. But how does that work? I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we should be trying to shorten the workday, not make it longer. Yeah, uh, that is that is true. Afternoon crash. Average person hits the wall at blank time. You want to test your luck again? What time? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, most people hit the wall at 3 p.m. Oh, you are so close again, Danny. Two thirty-six. Oh wow! You're off by twenty-four minutes. That's pretty good. Now I do not hit the wall at two thirty-six because I'm sleeping usually. I'm I'm just getting up around two thirty-six in the afternoon. So I usually don't. I don't really worry about that. I don't have to have to worry about that. Well, here's another one of these uh, science stories where I roll my eyes at it and I'm like, oh, this is probably you know nonsense. Uh, but noisy water, oceans will be five times louder by the year twenty-one hundred. Five times louder, according to it. Oh, I love hearing the sound of the ocean. Does that mean we won't have to go on YouTube to watch those videos of the waves? We'll just hear them naturally. Oh, El Natural. Yeah, I have LeBron's Calm app in my phone. Oh, is that right? Who, me? Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we we got the mailbag. Now, I, I know we did this other stuff, but the mailbag's the star of the show. That's the main event, the mailbag. People love the mailbag, and they also love the jingle, so let's get to the jingle. It's in the bag. Ben's mailbag. Thank 
Thank you very much, Ohio Al. First one on the mailbag. These are actual letters by actual listeners. You do not have to wait. You do not have to wait for me to put a message out on social media. You can just send these in anytime you want. Ben Maller uh, show on Facebook, but realfifthhour at gmail.com. Realfifthhour at gmail.com. Just make sure that you have the fifth hour in the headlines. And we may read your question on the air. First one from Mike in Fullerton says, Happy Thanksgiving, Ben and Danny G. Have you guys been watching the best show on TV, The Golden Bachelor? The finale is right around the corner, and I'd like to hear who you guys think Jerry should give the final rose to. And then he names Leslie and uh, Teresa, I guess. Yeah. I have not not seen a second of The Golden Bachelor. I've heard people talk about it, but I I got a lot of plates I'm spinning, so I've not. That's not one of the plates I've been spinning. Uh, so have you gotten into that? Well, I'll give you the I'll give you the cheat code. Out of two of them, Leslie is probably better looking, a little younger, slightly younger. Okay. Um, and the other gal that made the the other girl who made the final two. <laughs> it was funny the other night during the second to last episode. Uh, my wifey said. She is boring. Leslie's the uh, for the win. Yeah, okay. he he mentioned the other girl's name. What's her name? Uh, Teresa, I believe. Yeah, she's like she's so boring. And she told me, you notice they don't do two hour episodes of the Golden Bachelor because it would be so boring. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> they they should do just a half hour like Benny versus the Benny half hour TV show. If if I could get a daily half hour TV show, that'd be the easiest job in the world. Dude, you're not wrong because the problem with the Golden Bachelor is uh, he's too nice. He's um, uh, there's not a ton of drama. You know, obviously you got more mature people on this show. You don't have the the 22 year old you know cat fighting with the 21 year old, and also the dates are boring. They're not skydiving. They're not doing all these crazy dates. Instead, they're going wine tasting. <laughs> and so my chick was like, this is so boring. <laughs> uh, and that's been the sen- sentiment of a lot of people. I guess they still have enough ratings to where they're going to do it again because they've been running commercials saying, if you want to be the next Golden Bachelor or contestant to turn your stuff in and they give the website. So they're going to do it again. How old do you have to be to be the Golden Bachelor? 65 and up, something like that. Okay. He's 72, I want to say. Jerry. Jerry is his name. He's 72. Jerry. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Mike also says, how important do you think it is for cranberry sauce to be served with Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. Well, I'm not eating a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. I do love cranberry. You know what I like? The uh, Trader Joe's has that cranberry orange thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I could just eat that and be happy. That's that's really good. Shane in Seattle writes and says, uh, Ben and Danny G, love the podcast. Is this poppy band legit? Uh, is it a bit on the show? Uh, yeah, so uh, Danny, this guy Poppy had called for a while from San Diego, and we gave him a bit on the show. He likes to handicap. He's terrible at picking games. So we gave him a bit on the show, and it was – picking with the chicken and a farmer in Michigan loaned us Abigail the chicken 
And then the bit was Poppy picks a game and then Abigail picks a game and who can who can pick more winners? So we did it on the air. Instead of a penny, it's a chicken. Yeah, it's like the spin-off, you know, because I can't do Benny versus the penny anymore because it's a TV show. So I can't really do it on the radio. So so anyway, so you know, Poppy's like, okay, we got the we'll do it. And so we did it and it was fine, whatever. It was cool seeing Abigail the chicken. And then we we find out by my Maller militia foot soldiers my boots on the ground that Poppy's ripping the bit off, doing it on uh, his own social media, uh, making a mockery of, of the radio show. So I was like, all right, well, we're done with, we're, we're done with this. And then you go do your own thing. I don't need this, but I still allowed him to call in. And then he kept spitting at the show. He was like, he was disrespecting the show. If Poppy was a good caller, I'd be like, okay, he's a good caller. We'll let him uh, crap on the show. But he's a terrible caller, uh, and and he was crapping on the show. So I was like, I don't really need that. They don't pay me to deal with idiots like this. Uh-huh. So we banned him. Now, is the ban permanent? I don't know. Uh, right now, as of today, he's not allowed back on the show. If somehow he reaches out and genuflects and admits that he has been a terrible caller and will change his ways, I would be open to at some point after a certain uh, sentence of punishment, allow him to come back. If he uh, if he uh, is 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 going into the octagon and, and battles it out with some people. So, Shane, to answer your question, it is real. Um, I don't hate Poppy. I met him. Uh, he was a nice nice gentleman when i met him it's not personal uh but i just don't have time for people to call the show and and you know this is my life's work i don't have time for people to shit on the show uh it's what i do uh so Uh-oh. that's it you know oh i better scrap the youtube show plans that i had for danny versus the nanny oh, how dare. i think yeah, that's, it's, I think it's that's gonna a- be me picking a game and our hot young nanny for koa picking a game oh, wearing I- hardly any clothes See, I, when I heard Danny versus the nanny, I thought that was like out in Chatsworth. You would be filming that out there. I thought it was a different <laughs> kind of a show, more uh, um, a refined audience, I thought. But uh, anyway, thank you, Shane. Uh, Mike in Rochester writes in. He says, uh, Ben and Danny G, I uh, wanted to get your guy. Oh, this is a sporty question. I, it's not necessarily a sporty question. He says, uh, Ben, I, I uh, heard your, your monologue about uh, Josh Allen. You called him a coach killer, and I saw that a number coach of- Coach killer! Yeah, because of Ken Dorsey. I, you know, that's what happened. He played so bad, he got the coach killed. Uh, Ken Dorsey is offensive corner. Uh, anyway, Mike says, I uh, saw some Bills fans upset with you. They sent some uh, nasty things on, on Twitter. Uh, it's X, by the way, Mike. It's not Twitter. It's X. Uh, he says, you you get offended uh, when these guys say they're going to stop listening to the show. So I didn't see particularly those comments. Uh, Mike, I don't go on X during the day. I, I get ready for the show. I'm not on there because it's better for my health to not be on there. I'm on there during the show. So I didn't see particularly what you said. I I did get some email from Bill's fans that were upset. But I, I the thing I love, and I'm sure you appreciate this too, Danny, the the listener who is uh, I liked you until you said something I didn't like about someone I like, you know, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very high school sounding. I get a lot of that guy. It's like, you know, I respected your show and I listened to your show, and, but you said something about an athlete that I worship. And, and, you know, I can't, I just can't, 
you know. And then, of course, with me being on overnight, say, like, well, that's why you're on at three in the morning. You know, that's that's why you're on so late. No one's listening at that hour. Of course, that, right after the person has been listening for like ten years, you know, they're, they're, they're the idiots listening. But uh, but no, I don't really care. I mean, I, this part of the part of the gig, people are gonna, you know, they're gonna attack you if you say something they don't like. That's why. A lot of people don't say anything uh, mildly uh, controversial or have any opinions because they don't want anyone to get upset. But it kind of isn't that kind of the job, Danny, that we're supposed to have strong opinions. And that's kind of the yeah, if, you, if you don't get a reaction out of anybody. Are you really doing a sports radio show? Yeah, I mean, how you're going to ruffle some feathers on either side of your topic. So just go with what your gut says and, and what your brain says your own opinion is. And if people don't like it, oh, well, we're not supposed to agree on everything. God! <laughs> exactly. And to, again, Mike, listen, people will say stuff on social media. There's a lot of you know, smartphone tough guys. But my experience over the years is that the vast majority of people say, I used to like you, but I'm never listening again. The vast majority of those people end up listening again. So you know, they'll come back. Maybe they'll go away for a little bit, but they'll come back. I'm sure that'll solve it. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Uh, next up, Tommy, the Bengal Reds fan in Maryland. He writes in, says, good day, Ben. Benny Brightside and Danny G Radio. Ben, I mentioned last week, Tommy says, I mentioned last week that I commute to D.C. from Southern Maryland, and you wondered what I do for a living. I, if I am a political muckety-muck, I retired from the U.S. Army in 2007, 22 years of service traveling the world, gang banging for Uncle Sam. Hello. Uh, since then, I have been working as a contractor for the Department of Defense. Oh, that's cool. My question this week is, have either of you dated a friend of an ex-girlfriend? And if so, what was the dr dramatic level there? Uh, I'll hang up and take my answer off the air. Thanks for rocking the mic, gentlemen. Wow, that's impressive. 22 years in the U.S. Army, and now, now he's he's uh, hanging out, working as a contract. Now, if you're in the if you're in the military for 20 years, do you just automatically get a job as a contractor? Is that kind of how that works? I don't know, um, but it seems like a lot of those guys that are in the military for a long time they just kind of slide into a really good contractor gig at the at the Department of Defense, or they're working for like Halliburton, you know those those deals. So I have not, I have not uh, dated any exes. Uh, did not date a lot, uh, and certainly uh, anyone I knew, uh, they weren't interested in me. Uh, so no, but I have a feeling Danny probably has a good story or something about this. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think you've uh, you've gone to the dark side. I think Danny from time to time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. This was like the early two thousands, and the whole time we hung out, she said. I just can't. I keep thinking about your ex and I'm friends with her. <laughs> oh, so kind of made it exciting the first few times we hung out. Yeah. But then it got to the point where every time she kept saying that it got more and more annoying. Yeah. And so I stopped hanging out with her, but boy, there it, it was some thunder and lightning and uh, um, fireworks at the beginning of hanging out with her. So when you were at the beginning, when you started to, um, you know, enjoy your, your company, uh, were you, did you see the, uh, the other, you know, friend of your ex, uh, did you, did you see, or, you know, your, your, her ex or whatever, did you. From, from time to time, she was like off again, on again. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. There you go. Uh, thank you, uh, Tommy. Uh, let's see here. Page now. Alf. Our buddy Alf from the line at Dairy Queen on the mailbag. Alf writes and he says, since Coop didn't choose a, my question for Ask Ben, I'll ask you a totally different question, not at all similar to the one I asked him. Uh, what's up with the hand soap in public restrooms? It smells awful and linger, lingers on your hands while attempting to double down, uh, down double cheeseburgers and pound blizzards and other <laughs> fast food delicacies. From our guy, Al, who's so loyal, this guy, Alf, unbelievable. Uh, he's amazing. So I do generally hate public restroom soap. There is pretty good soap at Fox Sports Radio. That white soap. Racist. I think it's pretty good. I like it. That's a solid. Yeah. It's a thick soap. It's not a. It's not a. Why does uh, it have to be white? I'm, I'm just describing for you, Dan, because there are it's near the the blue sink, you know, the, or not the blue sink, but the blue kitchen sink. You know what I'm talking about? They usually have pretty good soap there. Uh, but I, yeah, the, the soap in the bathroom. Yeah, that's a great call out. That that sounds like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like it's do an episode how bad the soap is. And then Larry David would try to get good soap. 
and try to find good soap for the bathroom. And that would be like his life's mission to just, you know, go to different soap companies and then he'll start his own soap company. For sure. He already fixed the toilet issue. Yeah. Yeah. Good to, good to go on that. Uh, so, so thank you, Alf. And I enjoy your double, double cheeseburgers and blizzards. Enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, Barry, Barry from uh, South Carolina via Nashville says, yo, yo, ma, Benny and Danny G. Uh, what percentage of a Jed who fled call do you actually comprehend? I love his calls, but I can't listen fast enough to understand more than 10% of his content. I even rewind and listen a second and third time. I'm still getting about 10%. (laughs) Yeah, 100%, Barry. And I got headphones on, and I'm locked in, right? I'm engaged. I'm like, this is my my thing. I got to be locked in, and um, it's tough. And some days, you know, when he's really drugged out, it's even worse because he's he's going faster and faster and faster. There's some nights he's maybe he doesn't have enough money to buy the drugs, so it's not quite as bad. But I think he only calls up when he is using pharmaceuticals because there are some nights he does not call up. So I, my assumption is there are nights he doesn't he doesn't do it every night, and he's just out wandering around the sticks in Florida. In the uh, what they used to call, I think they still do the Redneck Riviera there, uh, traveling around in uh, like uh, where's he at? Not uh, where, where is he? At? I'm trying to, I'm having a mental block, but it's it's in the uh, the area just below Alabama, and then there's a little stretch of Florida and all that. Um, so yeah, it's tough. And I'll ask Coop sometimes, Barry or or Eddie or somebody like, what did he say? Like I didn't. Yeah, it's I have noticed. Here's the problem, Barry. Jed talks so fast that a couple days ago he put a bad word in the middle and he almost got it on the air because it slid in so fast that Ooh. we were like, what did he say? It was like right in the middle of all these, like this word salad. It's like this big word salad. It's crazy. Man alive. Uh, David in, uh, uh, oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. He says, that Danny G, have you ever listened to his calls? Uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of Jed? Who- I've heard, yeah, and I worked on your show when he first yeah. started calling. Um, I don't know if this is a reflection on my sobriety or not, but I understand every word he says. That's a lie. Pinocchio. You're like uh, you're like that Fox uh, sideline reporter. <laughs> you're you're, you're like, how dare you? Was <laughs> oh, that a great story? Oh, the reactions. Oh, the the over the top Shakespearean reactions to you know my hot take on sideline reporters. Get rid of them. They're good for nothing. They repeat back what the two announcers have already said most of the time. Oh, 100 percent. And it's the reaction though. I did a whole rant. This week, uh, Carissa Thompson, if you didn't see it, Carissa Thompson's like, oh, yeah, sometimes the coaches wouldn't come out and talk to me. So I just made up a quote and you'd think there'd be like some war tribunal. Uh, but the, the reactions of this, like uh, Lisa Salter's uh, shocked, disappointed, disgusted, she said, and, uh, <laughs> They were all these other sideline reports. It was like a, it was like a cat fight, but it was like twelve cats against one cat, and they were all pouncing on poor, <laughs> poor, uh, you know, the poor fox girl, Carissa Thompson. And I, I defended Carissa Thompson. I think the whole thing's ridiculous because I'm with you, Danny. Like I, I'm there. I don't need the sideline reporter. I've done the job. I'm. I, I don't think that these people are particularly bad at it, but it's it's unnecessary. I, I don't think I've ever gotten any great insight where I was like. Oh, my God. Thank God she's down there on the sideline. 
Yeah. Nowadays, we get more info from people with eagle eyes on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the only thing that happens when when we get viral stuff, it's because somebody's hammered like Joe Namath. I want to kiss you, right? Yeah. Which had nothing to do with the sideline reporter other than that she was attractive and Joe Namath was horny and he was you know drinking. And, and other than that, and then you'll have a player or a coach who's so frustrated they'll start screaming and shouting. But again, that's not because of the journalistic ability of uh, any of these people who are the sideline reporters, because I have a buddy of mine that, that is an old newspaper man, used to work as an editor at some really big newspapers, and he's a friend of the show and friend of me. I've known him for many years, and he will watch these NBA games and these NFL games, and he'll say, I, I, he'll, he'll like, here's what they're going to say after the game. Uh, how did it feel? That's like the number one question. How did you're not a journalist if you're asking the same question to everyone you interview. Yeah. And then you had Molly McGrath, who I guess is a sideline reporter. I think for I think she's <laughs> ESPN. I don't know, but she she went over the top. Uh, she said this is not normal or ethical. Coaches and players trust us with sensitive information. <laughs> yeah, right. Hell is sensitive information in a freaking football game. All right, what are we doing? Ben, I just want to know what was going through your mind on the last answer during the mailbag. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sensitive information. What? Because you know who the backup quarterback is and when you know what play they're going to run in the third quarter. Take me through that last play. What were you feeling? Oh, it's so stupid. It's so dumb. Uh, but uh, thank you. Uh, I got carried away on a tangent. Uh, let's see. where They should on. just have spotters and staffers on the field. Throw the headset on the star of the game, play-by-play and color analyst guy, ask the questions. Yeah, I'm right there. And, and most most people I know, they agree with that. Uh, and I talked to about silent reports. Anyway, we'll get out on that. We went too long, so I'm sorry to David and Jay and uh, Manny and all you other guys. Uh, try again next week. Uh, thank you. I, I do want to appreciate because we I sent the thing out late, Danny, this week, and people responded. So thank you. I for, totally forgot to send out the post uh, till like the uh, late in the day on on Thursday, which I usually do earlier in the week. So anyway, thank you, uh, Danny. I'll be back tonight after all these football games. After that Viking Bronco game, I'll be back on the radio. The kick off the Thanksgiving week, Benny versus the Penny, and, and we will have next week. People have been wondering, Danny, are we going to have new shows? Thanksgiving weekend. The plan is we will have uh, content all Thanksgiving weekend, God willing, right? That's the plan. We'll That's, have. We might be talking with mashed potatoes in our mouths. What? We will have three live shows, though. And pumpkin pie. We'll have some pumpkin pie and all that. We'll, we'll knock it out of the park. But uh, have a wonderful Sunday. Danny, you're back tomorrow with uh, Covino and Rich. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. So we check out tomorrow morning and we're going to drive back to the LA area and I'll uh, get ready to do the last man standing, which is our fun sports trivia game every Monday with your voice on it. Oh, good. On Covino and rich. That's on the West side, two to 4 PM. And then in New York city, five to 7 PM. Beautiful. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the football today. Wish me luck as I battle my nemesis, the inanimate object, the penny. Try to slay the penny. I need one of these big weeks. And then I told the guy, one of my producers at NBC, Danny, I said, you know, one of these weeks, I'm going to I'm gonna get every pick right, and we'll go viral. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that to happen. Anyway, have, have a great day. We'll catch you next time. I need Antonio Pierce and the Raiders to play perfect football this morning. Yeah, Let's I need, go. I need them to cover, Danny. I just need them to cover the 13. That's all I need. Just cover the 13. I'm good. <laughs> Later, skater.
Got a murder. Got to go. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 